might be a Viking or a Saxon or a Roman, but tell me, do you like them? Would you sex them? Would you bone them? Would you go to bed with King Ethelred? Would you bunk William the Conqueror up in the sheets with Samuel Pepys? Mussolini was a meanie, led a fascist insurrection, but does he make you creamy? Does he give you an erection? Would you pork Richard the Duke of York? Does a boner start when you think of Bonaparte? Are you sexually aroused at the thought of Pol Pot? Historical hot or not? Hello and welcome to Historical Hot or Not, the only history podcast that looks at the life and times of history's most celebrated figures and asks, yes, but would you? It's the pod parchment that puts the ass in Macedonian Empire, the app in Abbasid Egypt, and flicks the bean of Jacobean England. I am your (laughs) co-host, Aidan McCaffrey. I am not a historian, and this is... Catherine Mather, who is also not a historian. But we are comedians and we are horny for history. Kath, I understand uh, that you just got back from Paris where you went to the catacombs. Did you see any hot skeletons? So many. There are there are six million skeletons in that um, catacombs. And I would fuck every single one of them. Um, Without hesitation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and was uh, removed by guards on several occasions, actually, uh, from mounting a pile of thigh bones. You think skele- skeletons are famously, they don't have sexual organs, but they are all bone. <laughs> they are. It's such a, a mystery, isn't it? And where there's a will and a bit of imagination... <laughs> There's a way. There is. It's sad, that, isn't it, that your uh, your sexy organs go away eventually? It is, but little did all those dead Parisians from yesteryear know that that wasn't going to stop old Catherine Mather when she showed up in the 21st century. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in that um, that meeting, wouldn't you? Like, OK, listen, uh, we, we, we decided to build this capital city on a fucking swamp. And yeah. uh, for some reason, that's bitten us on the ass. Uh, we decided to build a whole bunch of uh, just quarries underneath this swampy, swampy town uh, and not prop them up in any kind of way. So all the houses are falling down. All the, all the dead people are just everywhere. It's a mess. So, and I know this is going to sound weird, but hear me out. What if we made <laughs> the dead people decorations? Yes. I don't think this is a stupid idea. I literally, every time I go to Paris, I get annoyed. Because we're always on a timetable, and somehow we always end up with not enough time to go to the catacombs. And it's like the only thing I want to do, because it's full of dead people. It gets quite samey after a while, though. If there's one thing skeletons are not famous for, it's distinction. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. They are, um, yeah, they are the the one equaliser, I guess. Medical people would disagree with that because when they dig up bones of skeletons, they're always like, This was a woman one, this was a man one, this was a child one. Although, I dare say that even without medical training, I might, I might be able to pick out the, ch- the children ones. People were a lot smaller back then, though, so I reckon you'd be surprised, actually. Are you into short people, Kath? No, I, I, I like height. I'm into tall people, unfortunately. Uh, how about you? Well, I've identified a contradiction in your story so far because you were at it with these skeletons like it was nobody's business and they were all short, so which is true. They were all short, but that's because they were but just a skull. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I like the idea that 
150 years ago, 200 years ago, people weren't short. It's just that you've looked at just the skulls and assumed that's the whole person yeah. and gone, Jesus Christ. Parisians were short in the 1700s. That's what uh, evolution's like, isn't it? And in 300 years, we went from skull-sized people that were just heads to people. All of it, everything below the neck evolved in the last 300 years, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, we started top down. <laughs> Today, we're talking about Jane. Uh, she's 42. And she's from Greenwich. Oh, Jane, 42 from Greenwich. I'm 37. Mm. Not too much of a leap for me. I'm going to open up eTrust. This is the historical dating app that we use here on Historical Hot or Not. Just a reminder of the format because yeah. this is new. Kath's going to propose a historical figure to me. First, the uh, physical appearance. Then she's going to go through the life and times. And at the end, I'll just say whether I'd bang him or not. She did one last week. Uh, it was Mr. Thomas Beckett. Uh, and at the end, if they are hot, we will put them on the... Bayo, <laughs> we'll put. <laughs> I can't remember my own pun. The Bayo tap that a The Bayo tap that and as of yet, no one's on it. Uh, no, no Beckett failed to make the cut. So we'll. Um, who? What did you say? Your name was. So this is Jane. Incidentally, that is what I do on dates as well. Ten minutes. <laughs> ten minutes in, I just go. What's your name again? Oh yeah, cool, Jane. Uh, what, yeah. what do you want for a drink, Jane? <laughs> I do like how you are the one who very much holds the format of this podcast together and I just go straight into it. People are working out on their own. <laughs> <laughs> they do, yeah. Like it last week, so when you just went, right, who have you got for me? And it was like <laughs> barely introduced the concept or anything. Um, yep. So this photo of Jane I'm looking at is an interesting one because <laughs> she's sort yep. of in the distance a little bit, like peeking her head round an arch. It's actually part of a bigger photograph but i've just zoomed in so in the original photo she was even further the painting she was even further away from the easel than slash lens than she was in this it's a bad omen you know it's like on tinder when girls post photos of themselves or their mates and you don't know which one's which yeah it's got every single one of those six pictures is them in a group and it's the same combination of six who even you attempts a deduction to see who's the common denominated won't work because they're all there this is a bit like that it's like she's gone i don't have enough faith or confidence in myself so i want you to paint me from about 40 feet away i I think she looks quite pretty she she sort of looks like uh scarlett johansson as as the the woman with the pearl earring she looks a bit Mm. like that and that's quite that's quite hot she's got a nice dress uh i'm curious i'm gonna swipe right and try and find out more well jane uh also known as jane fool spelt with an e uh, because it was the olden times. <laughs> I've never heard of this person. She was a court jester. Um, one of the few female ones, because at the time most of them were male. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, we're not working on much here. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's very little information of her life outside of the period 15 35 to 1558. Is this episode going to be four minutes long? And is it just going to be you going, she's a jester, here's a photo of her from a long distance, would you? Is that this episode? <laughs> well, no, no, I've got, I have got more. Uh, so, you know, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, what we do know about her is that she was Anne Boleyn's woman fool. Uh, because even back then, you couldn't just be a fool. You're a woman fool. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't actually seem that um, important to Anne, 
which was a shame. Um, and Anne, of course, was beheaded on the 19th of May, uh, 1536, for daring to miscarry a pregnancy that was potentially a male, and also for not being okay with her husband fucking around. Mostly um, so, in my view. <laughs> I think Henry made the right call there. Absolutely. Now, Aidan, how long after arranging your wife's murder do you feel is a respectful period to work before moving on? It would largely depend on whether I'd had lunch or not. If I uh, <laughs> had eaten bef- already, I think we're talking minutes. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't eaten, uh, I'd give it an hour. I would eat quickly, but I'd go to a factory and a walk to a nearby subway, eat the subway come back then I'm back on it how quickly do you think that you could find somebody it would depend where I was if I was in a shopping centre <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're joking seconds right yeah I mean, I'm, I'm overresting that in my own confidence here because actually in my actual dating days couldn't just go up to someone and be like oh I love is that a ladder in your tats or a stairway to heaven I wasn't one of those <laughs> zingy one liner confidence guys so actually, putting it into that context, I'm going to say 36 hours, and that's me factoring in the minimum time I need to get on Tinder, swipe right, get a match, and then find mm-hmm. someone who is very is up for meeting up very quickly. Yeah, your schedules have to align. 36 hours, 37 hours if I haven't eaten. Henry um, was, spent a little bit longer, actually. He married his third wife uh, and his favourite wife, Jen Seymour, an honourable 11 days after having <laughs> Anne murdered. <laughs> what a what a ledge. Player's going to play. Mm. What, what, what are you going to do? Well, you know, time marches on, doesn't it? It does. Uh, you can't you can't dwell on the past, Kath. You can't. You can't. Your wife's head is still warm on the cobblestones. You can't hang on to the past. You got to move on. <laughs> yeah. So um, after Anne was murdered, uh, Jane got passed on to Princess Mary, who was very fond of her. So uh, Princess Mary, eventually known as Bloody Mary, if you were a Protestant, uh, was the only daughter of Henry VIII, Henry the Eighth and Catherine of Aragon to survive infancy. What what a what a claim. <laughs> uh, Everyone's got to put uh, something on the Tinder profile. Don't knock it. Yeah, someone's doing well for themselves. Yeah. Um, so at, at the time, it was custom for all jesters to shave their heads every two or three weeks. Uh, and even though Jane was a lady one, uh, there was no ex- she was no exception to this rule. I heard that's uh, one of the new criteria for performing at the Cavendish in South London. <laughs> yeah, you've got to buy two drinks, uh, <laughs> bring the audience. Oh, hang on. Why do they? So why do these women have to shave their heads? Do they not think long hair was funny back then or something? <laughs> no, I think it was just the uniform, um... you know. And to be fair, there weren't that many women doing it. It was all men, so it isn't kind of as weird to have men shave their heads yeah. as it is women, is it? Uh, but she uh, had to shave it so often that she developed a scalp infection in March 1543 because she was constantly shaving it. And uh, even that didn't exempt her uh, from from the shaving. Just, just shave around yeah. the scabs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you keep running a, a, a blade over an open wound, it may not heal. Again, <laughs> not a medical expert. Pretty sure that's how cuts work. That aside, Princess Mary did give her nice clothes. Uh, she gave her shoes. She gives her lessons on the virginal and the lute. Um, so basically, everything that we know about 
uh, Jernthal comes from the receipts of stuff that <laughs> people bought for her. So if you look her up, it's just lists of things that she was clothed in and owned. But she worked alongside Lucretia the Tumbler, who may also have acted as Jane's keeper. Um, what's What do you think about the shaved head look? It's sort of like not my preference, but I would be lying if I said there weren't shaven-headed ladies who... I thought were attractive. It's a particular look. Like, you have to be particularly beautiful to carry it off, I think, don't you? Your eyes, nose and mouth have to be in pretty good nick to pull off bald. You were saying a minute ago that everything we know about about Jane is from her receipts of stuff bought for her. If that was true of you, what would your <laughs> Wikipedia page say? Oh, God, that I didn't eat very well. <laughs> what do you eat? What what vegetables can I roast quickly? <laughs> right. So you'd be like Catherine the chip eater or something. Yeah. Or Catherine the aubergine. <laughs> Do you like an aubergine? What what about you? What what does your receipty tell uh, the world about you? Bought for me. The last thing that was bought for me was a framed photo of my cat drawn in uh, Georgian attire. Uh, of course it was. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> As in, like, literally, they've got, you know, uh, not roughs, but they've got, like, old-fashioned 18th century clothes on. Whatever that tells you about a person. He was middle class. <laughs> yeah. At this point, it is worth noting that there were two types of fool at the time. Uh, fool, jester, uh, what have you. Uh, so there was the natural or innocent fool... Uh, and they were people who had mental or physical disabilities. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> right. They were defined by Nicholas Breton in 1616 as abortive of wit where nature had more power than reason. <laughs> oh, my God. That's appalling. Right. It really is. It's They weren't nice about it. Uh, so, But it's weird because, interestingly, um, innocent fools were believed to be closer to God and as such they were highly valued by the nobility, whilst also being employed for entertainment purposes. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't fully understand where where they stood. Can you it. pretend you're an MC and introduce someone using that quote about where nature has failed? Like, <laughs> welcome to the stage, a man where nature's failed. It's Ed and McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, next time we MC for each other... We absolutely yeah. should introduce each other that way. <laughs> I did once bring someone on, um, talking of Nazis, please, <laughs> welcome to... <laughs> How is Sean Patrick uh, he... these days? <laughs> he was so angry with me. Um, the other type of fool was the merry fool, uh, and they were uh, entertain entertainers who were of sound, physical and mental health who simply pretended to be impaired oh, the entertainment of others. This is like people who pretend to be working class just mm -hmm. to gain a bit of victimhood status, but they're not. They're living on daddy's yes. trust fund. Exactly. They paid a lot of money to dress like shit, actually. Jane was an innocent fool uh, and Lucretia was a merry fool. Um, so... Jane will have also worked alongside Will Summers, who was Henry VIII's court jester, uh, and he's like the famous one that everyone's heard of. Uh, it was rumoured that they had a relationship and might also have been married, but that's unlikely. I think it, they were just a man and a woman in the same workplace. Um, 
So by 1543, Jane was under the care of Catherine Parr, who was King Henry's sixth wife, uh, who gave her a flock of chickens to care for. Do you think you'd take a flock of chickens? No, I feel that's a burden, not a gift. (laughs) I feel like a gift is not something they should have to put a lot of work into. Mm. Here's something that you need to clean up a lot of shit of. Yes, you'll get some eggs out of it. And I do like eggs. I ain't knocking mm. eggs. I suppose, I mean, like someone gave you a cat. I guess it's the same thing, but you get a lot of comedy yeah. back from a cat. But you're not getting much comedy back from a chicken. They're not bald. Nature has not impaired them. They're not funny. No, they're not. Uh, they're no jester. But it was around, uh, you know, uh, Catherine Parr time uh, that she appeared in the painting uh, that was um, used for her e profile uh and it's, it's actually part of a, a much larger painting i mean this um, painting going back to the painting of her at distance mm. it looks like i sometimes will deliberately take a, a ba- an awkward photo of my wife Do you know what i mean <laughs> like if i can hear her coming i'll wait until she appears around the corner then i'll just take the photo without that's what it looks like it looks like someone's kind of reverse photo bombed her for a laugh yeah and she's like, like oh what are you doing except they've done it as a painting which would be quite awkward because you'd have to suddenly appear. You'd have to very quickly sketch what she looked like in that moment and then paint it. And then later, Jane would be like, when did you take this? Oh, like, God. It was like you're walking around the corridor by the arch the other day. She's like, oh, this is embarrassing. Delete it. I'm not deleting it. It took me six hours to paint. <laughs> so what I've done is I've, I've sent you the bigger picture. I've seen so this. It, I've seen this painting yeah, before. It's called King Henry VIII and His Family. Very much what it says on the tin. You can see it in real life at Hampton Court Palace, should you wish. Uh, And in it, you can see that she's dressed in the Dutch style, which was considered slightly lesser than the French style. So that kind of denoted her standing. Now, if you uh, can, you just tell me what you can see in this picture. I, uh, Edda McCaffrey. Right. This is where I think I'm going to earn my historical bona fides because I think I know what's going on here. Right. The the painting. Is Henry VIII, yeah. his son Edward, yeah. his third wife, uh, Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. You've got Jane on the left, accidentally walking past the door as the painting's being done. There's a guy on yeah. the right on the opposite arch who's walking bas- past again. He's not even looking. He hasn't. He's not even aware. He hasn't even looked at and gone, oh shit, the painting. He's just walking straight past. <laughs> and he has something on his yeah. shoulder that looks like a monkey with a red coat on or... The daughter, the little red-coated person in um, that Nicholas Roeg film, Julia Christie. <laughs> Schindler's List. No, <laughs> that would be quite funny if it was just black and white outside, except for this one <laughs> girl in the red coat. No, I've got the name of She's the. Everywhere. Don't look now. There's like a little character running around in a red coat that they think is their dead daughter uh, and their dead child Uh, but it's not it's just like a little monster person I've got the three middle people right on either side of the three central royal figures there is two women is one of them Catherine Parr? no fuck no. <laughs> is one of them Catherine of Aragon and is one of them Anne Boleyn? No, oh, no, shit, it's, they're his kids. Oh, in that case, oh, sorry, it's Mary and Elizabeth. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then the guy with the monkey on his shoulder, that's Will Summers. I'm right in thinking, this was painted way after the Jane Seymour who's out of the picture, right? Yeah, so at this point, she's been dead for ten years and he's married to Catherine Parr. <laughs> And she doesn't get to be in the picture of Henry with his family. Oh, <laughs> what an absolute burn. Right? Yeah. What, what, a, what a kick in the mitt. 
<laughs> Absolute punch in the tits, that one. Uh, so, Henry, when when do you want me to come for the sitting? Oh, honestly, it's fine. Go look after the chickens. We'll just yeah, we'll just work from uh, one of the old paintings we've got of you. Don't worry about it. Have a, have yeah. the afternoon off, love. But isn't isn't Jane looking after her chickens? No, no, she's going to be in the picture. <laughs> uh, yeah, who else is going to be in? Uh, oh yeah, Will. Will and his monkey are in the picture, and I'm not in the picture. What the fuck? <laughs> Will's not even going to know he's in the picture. He's... That's the absolute sting. There's going to be a woman in the background who's surprised to be in the picture, who's in bloody, of mm. all things, Dutch clothes. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> the fact that she was in this picture just shows quite how high her ranking was at this point within the royal family, because they wouldn't have had her there if she was not, um, you know, a somebody. Being close to the king... I think in any role is quite prestigious. Like apparently the person that used to help the king in the toilet was like, is one of the most revered jobs in the land because mm. you're sort of that close to them. They trust you to be in there with them and you can give them advice and they listen to you, have a little chin wag while they're doing a number two. A woman of high you... standing and a funny woman to boot. Yeah. So I've got two questions. Yeah. The first one, if you were the king, would you have somebody to hang around the toilet with you, or would you find that distracting? I uh, would. If I was a absolute monarch, mm-hmm. I would be benign because I'm a legend. <laughs> yeah, like that tumor you've got. Like yeah. that tumor I've got, mm-hmm. and because of that, I couldn't have anyone in the toilet with me while I should, because no one needs to be subjected to that. We don't know each other that well, Kath. But I'm willing to tell you this. I'm a 15 minute minimum. All oh, right, you take a book in with you. Take a book in, get through three or four Economist articles, write half an episode of Historical Hot or Not. A lot <laughs> happens in there when I'm busy. And the room yeah. is not fit for purpose for long afterwards. So, no. Out of kindness to others. And when, when King Aidan I dies, they will say of him, he was a good king, he shat in no one's presence. <laughs> That's all you can ask exactly. for. Exactly. What about you? Oh, absolutely not. That's that's just for me. Just as your personal time. Henry's got three kids, as you can see here in this painting. Mm-hmm. As far as I know from parents, having a long poo is the most personal time you get. So the last, yeah. the last thing you want in there is uh, your chief advisor. You don't want Alistair Campbell in there going, so we've got some tax problems. You're like, can I just have... A sweet 15 minutes, please. For God's sake, Alistair. You don't want to have to make small talk. No. Do you whilst you're straining. The second question that I wanted to ask you is, what do you think about dating a more powerful woman than yourself? Who says I'm not? Well, yes, <laughs> you're... <laughs> I actually suspect I would get a kick out of it. Have you seen the show Borgen? No. It's an excellent political drama with a super hot uh, Danish PM and uh, she's really attractive. And I yeah. I think I'm actually weird. I might even be into power. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. the idea of her is like, she's attractive. I mean, she's att- physically attractive. What I'm saying is yeah. I'd like to be the junior partner in a coalition with her, a sex coalition. So from this, we've learned that Aidan's a sub. <laughs> yeah. um... A sub will not shit in front of anyone. <laughs> So Henry died. What? No. Oh, bloody hell. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, I know. We'll have to put one of them at the top of the episode. Uh, he died in 1547 at the ripe old age of 55, covered in painful pustle files. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Possibly suffering from gout and scurvy. And looking largely um, like a beached whale. Yeah, he got growth hormone deficiency, Ugh. potential McLeod syndrome, uh, which led to his behavioural changes and slightly off decision-making abilities. 
case. Um, so his son Edward the Sixth took the, th- the throne briefly um, before dying of a lung infection, aged fifteen, on the sixth of July, fifteen fifty three. And then Mary became um, queen, didn't she? Well, oh, so no, Edward there was like an interwoman. There was like a brief interwoman one, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. So Edward didn't want uh, didn't want Mary. Uh, he didn't want his sister to be because there'd been a, I think there'd been a bit of bad blood there. Uh, and he he chose uh, his sixteen year old uh, I think cousin, uh, Lady Jane Grey, to be his successor, and she was for nine days before Bloody Mary rode into London, had her executed, and became queen in August fifteen fifty three. Can you imagine that? Yay! I'm the queen. Oh God, no! Charles had better watch uh, his back with William at sixteen as well. Your whole life ahead of you. A yeah. whole life of shitting in front of advisors, taken away from you. Poor bugger. Jane, she remained Mary's court jester. I don't know if she rode in on a horse to take London as well. Maybe she just kept the troops happy with a few knock-knock jokes. I don't know. <laughs> um, she was really close to Bloody Mary. Um, she'd go riding with her and gambling with her. Um, which I think is kind of sweet, isn't it? You know, they were friends. Yeah. Um, are you a gambler? Dare I say in next week's episode of Historical Hot or Not, this is a subject that may be touched upon. Problem gambling. Little a teaser for you there, Kath. I just do it on stuff like elections and that, which I like, but I'm afraid that I would like it too much. So, again, I just do it on special occasions. <laughs> special occasions <laughs> like elections. Yeah, you know how it is. That's, even less, that's less betting than even I do. That's like once every four years. You see, I don't like betting on yeah. elections because... If I wanted to be a realist and actually try and make some cash, then I'd vote on the right-wing candidate. But then I would worry that would corrupt who I want to win. Like, I want the left-wing candidate to win. But if I've got 50 quid riding on it, ah, maybe a second term for Boris wouldn't be so bad. (laughs) Jane was included in the St. Valentine's Day lottery every year uh, until 1558. So what they did, they had... Where uh, should you rather go to... Uh, the St. Valentine's Day Lottery or the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Massacre every single day. <laughs> every single You'd rather be mowed to death with bullets than yeah. uh, do a scratch card. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. How about you? Same. Yeah. <laughs> Men would draw the name of a lady who'd be their dancing partner and then the, the women would have to buy their dancing partner a gift uh, but the Queen would do this on behalf of Jane so she didn't have to go out to the shops or anything. I'll, I'll sub you, Jane. Don't um, worry about it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I've got this. Uh, she was entirely supported by the Queen. Uh, she had an, an illness and then she had an infection in one of her eyes in 1555 and the Queen paid for a doctor and round-the-clock care for her. Hey, a job that includes private medical, mm. who could say no to that? Well, exactly. Uh, so, as we all know, uh, Mary the First died. Uh, what? No! <laughs> um <laughs> I can't believe Uh, the ending of this story set in the 16th century (laughs) is everybody dies. This is like Reservoir Dogs all over again. It is. (laughs) So she died on the 17th of November, 1558, uh, of the grand old age of 42. Um, She died during a flu pandemic, uh, although it was likely uterine cancer uh, that she died of. So her husband, uh, Philip of Spain, they were not particularly close. Um, it, w- it was not a good marriage. Hang on, wait, I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I think I've lost track. Who died? Mm-hmm. Queen Mary died. Uh, she was married to Philip of Spain. They didn't like each other. 
at any point, I don't think. Uh, and upon hearing of her death, Philip of Spain said, I felt a reasonable regret for her death. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How much would you miss me if I died? Uh, it would be a reasonable amount. <laughs> but actually, you could interpret that as meaning a lot. Yeah. Because like, the reasonable amount for a husband to grieve would be loads. So he's, he's actually picked his words carefully like a lawyer there. She can't be mad. I mean, she's dead, so she has no choice. But she can't be mad because he'd be like, hey, I said a reasonable, and reasonable could yeah. be fucking loads. Yeah, I mean, it's none, but it could <laughs> be. Yeah, I feel nothing. <laughs> but by what I originally said, I could feel a lot. Because the thing is, as well, uh, she had a couple of phantom pregnancies. So everyone thought she was going to have a baby. And it was, it, she, and he, I think he got quite angry with her that there was no baby. And it was like, you're pretending to be pregnant. And she wasn't. I think she just had cancer healthcare was not quite the same uh, well yeah the... if you went to the doctor today and said watch this watch this lump on my testicle and they said it's a phantom pregnancy you're not getting good health care no no get a second opinion <laughs> yeah exactly with mary's death that's where our record of jane ends um because everything that we know about her is uh sort of from more powerful people. Uh, so it's unclear whether she was kept on at court by Elizabeth I or whether she died. I mean, I, you know, I assume that she did at, at some point. Despite being held in such high esteem at court, there's no record of a death, no record of a date of birth, uh, no record of her surname. Whoa. Even. Unless she just was um, called Jane Fall. And mm, it was, is it nominative, nominative determinism? determinism? Yeah. <laughs> like that joke in Friends where the stripper's called Crystal Chandelier. And Joey says, well, of course, if that's your name, of course you're going to become a stripper. Maybe it was like that. Well, my name's Jane Full, so guess I'm going to be a jester. So what else are you going to do? Did she appear in the background of any more paintings? Because I like the idea of her as like a historical Where's Wally, like a Where's Jane. <laughs> and there's just various photos from the 16th century of different people. And uh, she's like, oh, there she is in the background looking surprised. Oh, there she is this time. She's got the red monkey on her back. Oh, my God. And I like the idea that the other guy, <laughs> Will Summers, Will Summers, he's like the wizard in Where's Wally. Like, he's always there as well. So once you've gone through all the paintings and you found all the giants, you can go, now I've got to find all the Wills. Now I've got to find all the red monkeys. Yeah. No, no, she's not in any of the ones, I don't Bollocks. think. Um yeah, which is a shame. That could have been a good bit but... of merch that we could get produced for the show. Mm, where's Jane? Yeah, where's Jane? <laughs> Historical hot or not. My source for this was TudorDynasty.com. Nice. Hit them up, have a little look. But I guess uh, the big question now is, now that you know all about her, everything that there is to know about <laughs> her, which is very little. What a legacy. <laughs> Would you tap that? And is she going on the Bayer tap that history? Kath, it gives me great pleasure to say that the first person who is going on the Bayo tap that history is Jane Fall. Really? I would. I, yeah, funny. I like that. I like a funny woman. Mm-hmm. Not got a great look at her, but from a distance, I think she looks all right. Yeah. Um, she's going to be well-kempt. You know, she mixes in good circles. Like, she's posh, but not too posh. Like, if she was too posh, she would be born into, like, the landed gentry or something. But actually, that's not the case. She's just sort of in service. I have been on dates with civil servants who have effectively worked for, for you know, for Tory governments. But, you know, you can't blame them for that. That's just the way no. democracy works. And in a way, she's like that. So, yes, I am. Jane Fool. If you're listening yeah. out there in your grave... I would bang you. Ah, oh, what a beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Well, now that I've said that, it makes me feel like this whole podcast is a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Having just reduced the noble life works of a woman to 
well, let's stick it in there. And, uh, yeah, and you would. I would. And we knew what we were getting ourselves <laughs> in for with this podcast, and we knew this day would come. So it has arrived, and so and yeah. so have I. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, one of us is going to have to start sewing. It's not sewing, is it? What's it called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's a tapestry. I think it's it's like cloth, Embroider. isn't it? Embroider. You, didn't you say to me the other day, because we're getting a guy to make some artwork for the podcast, which by the time you download this, you should have already seen. But didn't you suggest we should get him to draw the tapestry? Yeah. Although I heard it's quite long. <laughs> well, that's why. I, I don't think I said it when you said it. I thought, that's quite a lot to ask him. <laughs> I've always said to him, can you draw a skeleton with a rose in his mouth? But, but you're like, draw hundreds of historical figures that we've deemed bang-worthy is a, is a great yeah. idea. But, all of exactly. it. Do it all. But if you are an enterprising listener and you fancy making the uh, the, the bang that the bang tap is fucking hell. <laughs> the yeah. tap of that history. Uh, go for it. We ain't gonna stop you. Yeah, no, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. Tell your friends about this podcast if you liked it. I understand rating and reviewing on the podcasting app of your choice is a very good way to spread the word. But just tell people about us. Spread the word. Get out there. Mm. Retweet our tweets. All that jazz. If you know anyone who likes history and is horny, preferably both. But I really either. And everyone, everyone's yeah. horny at some point in their life. Get them listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we might have some merch coming. It's early days. We're sort of recording this very far ahead of when we will actually release them. Oh, but if it comes, if if our, I'm so excited <laughs> for our merch. If it comes, if it comes together, it's such a oh, good okay. idea that Kath came up with for what we should do as merchandise. So uh, watch this space or watch our Instagram feeds. Take care. Stay sexy. Stay sexy. Stay alive. But if you can't yeah. do both. On this podcast, that ain't a bad thing, is it? No, no. Everybody that we talk about, nearly, is both sexy and dead, so... That's it for Historical Hot or Not, and remember, it's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside of the coffin that counts. See you next week, everybody. You have been listening to Historical Hot or Not. If you'd like to contribute, we would fucking love that. So you can find us, we're at Coffee. buy us a coffee. Uh, don't send it to us personally. It'll be cold by then. Uh, but it's co-b.com forward slash hot nut pod. Uh, send us some coffee, not real coffee. Send us the money for coffee. Episodes written by Aidan McCaffrey and Catherine Mather. Our wonderful logo is by Richard Todd. And all music by David Eagle.